0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of A shock Class of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Well, you guys are in for a treat because I have the most exciting guest I have ever had on my show to date, and her name happens to be Lisa from Two Sober Chicks.
1: <laughs> Yay! i am infiltrated to the other side. It's so weird that we're doing it on like our solo show instead of our regular show.
0: I know. It's COVID. <laughs> COVID adaptation.
1: That's right. Which is great because we're learning how to accept, which is one of the mainstays of our program. So I'm happy to be on your show, Julie.
0: Do I get to be on your show? Sure, we'll do that next week. Okay. So, what the listeners don't know is that we bank our episodes and then release them. So, according to them, they have no idea that all of the shows they've been listening to during COVID, we've already pre recorded at your place.
1: Yeah, back in like what, January?
0: Yeah. And I remember at the time, isn't that crazy how, like, we get set up for stuff like this? I remember at the time you saying, wow, I think we're good to go now until, like, the end of June, just in case, you know, I get busy with work or you get busy with school, having no idea that we would have banked them for, like, 12 weeks of isolation.
1: That's right. It was the um, New Year's uh, resolution. I said the one thing I want to do differently or better this year was to not leave our listeners hanging, because oftentimes, you know, stuff would happen. I'd get really busy with work, you'd get really busy with school, and then we wouldn't see each other for a while. So then I came up with this shot glass of recovery, so that when you weren't around, I could do like a five-minute podcast and give people a little something to listen to. And then you started to do them, and then I got busy with my new career, and I was in training and in school, so then all of a sudden I was going to be unavailable, and I thought we can't keep doing this to people, we have to have some regularity. So let's get together, and usually when we get together, we're pretty good to bang off like three or four.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So that's what we did, we got together, and every time we got together, we, we did three or four, and then I just started to schedule them, so that we had at least, I think it was one a month one or two something actually was it three a month
0: i thought they were coming out every friday
1: every friday you're right damn we're good
0: <laughs> you're good
1: <laughs> so we've been covered this whole time and yet we actually haven't physically seen each other since i think it was the middle of february
0: yeah when i went down to my uh, southern road trip so that's I think right, you me, right. and you
1: picked up a couple more sister
0: wives. Well, I'm listen. I just pretend I'm their sister wives. I'm really just only your sister wife.
1: Okay, all
0: right. You yep. don't have to worry about that.
1: Thank you. I feel better now. Oh. So yes, I and I've seen you a little bit because we do um a couple of AA meetings together online, thanks to you know the advent of technology. Um, so I've seen your face, but it's different than being in someone's physical space. You know, you and I are big huggers. We're very tactile people. Yeah. And um, I love hugging people. And you know my favorite, my, my <laughs> signature move? Yes. Is, is to hug people and wait for them to like so start to pull away, and then I hug harder. Yeah. <laughs> and so, well, thankfully, I have a wife, so I don't live alone. So I do have someone to hug but I haven't hugged anybody else recently. Um, And it's been difficult at work because I have a uh, training officer right now. Somebody's just coaching me. And um, when we have a really good day, I'm like, oh, man, you're so lucky I can't hug you
0: right
1: now. But one day, there's some hugs coming. I Mm -hmm. said, with consent, of course. I'll wait for consent.
0: No hug raping.
1: (laughs) That's right. I won't be hugging anybody (laughs) from behind. (laughs)
0: unexpectedly.
1: Apparently, Mm -hmm. that's a work note
0: hugging people from behind <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love it
1: yeah this is a work no-no yeah so
0: apparently uh, you can get fired, fired for that kind of shit what i missed that sorry say again <laughs> apparently you can get fired for that kind of
1: shit that's right documented written up and then fired. <laughs> <laughs> are you going down south again jim
0: The moment that fucking godforsaken border opens, I am out of here. I'm supposed to be right now in monasteries. Like, all of May was me traveling down south and going to monasteries. Benedictine and Trappist and, um, what's the other one? Benedictine, Trappist. Oh, and Franciscan. So the second that I can cross the border, I'm going to go back down to Franklin, Tennessee, see my friend Jennifer. And we're working on sort of women's prayer groups down there, like um, less religious, even though it will be religious because it's prayer in some kind of way in a more spiritual women's groups that we hope will explode into different cities. Kind of like a mixture of religion and AA, but specifically only for women supporting women. Uh Um, So I'm going to be down there doing that with her for a couple of weeks And then I plan as I drive back up to Toronto To hit all of those monasteries And get in some really good, like, ascetic practices And pray with the monks and all that fun stuff So,
1: And along your travels, you'll be littering the place With Two Sober Chick podcast business cards?
0: Yes, everywhere Uh I go Gas stations, flip it in the handle Everywhere I go and if I have my books out... No, I won't. I was going to say, and if I have my books out, I was planning if I had my books released to leave the prayer poetry at the monasteries, but they won't be out probably until late summer, or early fall. Oh, wow. hmm
1: Wow, you're actually becoming like a writer.
0: I am a writer. I'm a poet. Is,
1: it, is this like your... Is this your job now? Are you a writer by trade?
0: No, it's just a hobby. It's actually more of a therapeutic thing for me. I'll never be rich with it. I don't intend to make it a primary source of income. I just love it, and I want to see my name on a book. And if people read it and like it, like that's just the cherry on top.
1: Kind of like when we did this.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's
1: I think that's a beautiful way to start a venture. If you can do that, I mean. Um, as a hobby, start something and do it out of pure love, and who knows? Like your um, your sponsor and her little side business, you know, making jewelry and the covers and for big books. I'm sure she's now starting to make money off of that, but she probably did it as an act of love to begin with.
0: Yeah, she was supposed <laughs> to do the world conference, the ORC, and none of that happened. So. <laughs> Everything's cancelled. Like, did you know that our CNE, which is our, like, summer Toronto summer fair, do you know that that's not happening too? Yep, they've
1: shut that down. I think, in a way, um, I think, in a way, that's wise because of social distancing, and there's no social distancing at the CNE if you've ever been there. It's like a world's fair. Um, but also, it could be partially political when you think about it, too, because they've also cancelled Pride and Carabana. Yeah. So... I think there might be some um, uprising if they let some of these other things continue, right? Some of those other people might be like, oh, well, you canceled this and that, but I don't know. Yeah. Just...
0: They just blanket canceled everything for the year.
1: Everything. Yeah, large events and makes sense. Uh, social gatherings and, you know... It is. It is um, starting to pick up. I'm noticing more and more on the roads. I'm seeing more traffic. But for a while, it's like I've been making jokes about the apocalypse. But then I get a chill up my spine. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Because one day I don't watch the news that often, um, and part of it is because it's all negative and
0: bad. Yeah.
1: Um, and I heard something about locusts in crops in India, and then there was flooding that happened, and then there was this pandemic plague. <laughs> and I started to get
0: really nervous and the murder hornets <laughs> the murder hornets i didn't even hear it oh time. fuck i don't even know if that's like there's supposedly there's this new breed of murder wasps or something that are supposed to kill us too like seriously it's not a joke i know what i don't know what? i guess i'm okay, not getting married this year <sighs> I really, at the beginning of this year, had a major premonition that I was going to get married this year. Now, it was supposed to be to the man that I had to leave because he didn't want to invest in me in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) Uh, So I knew it wasn't going to be him recently, but, like, I just felt like 2020, I was going to get married. So, I I mean, we're we're only almost halfway through, so you never know. You never do know.
1: Yep.
0: Could happen. Plus, I'm not a wedding girl. Like, I don't need a wedding. Just let's go away somewhere and get married. Um, so it still could happen. Right. Maybe if I kid. marry a pastor, awesome. he, for, maybe if I marry a pastor, he can just marry us himself. <laughs> That's <true. laughs> So I was
1: going to say, first it was dick pics in our inbox and Now it's going to be wedding invitations I can't wait You're solely on opening up the email duty From now to eternity
0: Available to Mary And um, special consideration for Americans <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah She's accepting applications now Um, You've actually been off of school for this time as well, so you have been doing almost a full-time job when it comes to Two Sober Chicks, and you've been answering all of our emails, so thank you for taking
0: up that mantle. You're welcome. Has
1: anyone anyone submitted any, like, really interesting uh, topics or questions that you wanted to discuss?
0: No. Well, I'm having um, a guy on from um, the... Thankful contemplation group in where I spoke in just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, named Chad, and he gave he said he wanted to talk about spirituality, and I went, mm, that's a little broad, so I'll have to do a little. We'll have a chat beforehand, and I'll have to do a little digging because that's a big ass topic.
1: It is. It's a very big topic. Well, um.
0: You and I have both been confronted with um, very grievous situations lately. So do you want to talk a little bit about how the program, um, as you've learned how to practice it, has helped you through that stuff? Because there's two big ones I can think of, which I'm not going to mention because that's up to you, where you've been like moment – what seems like momentarily upset and still – Upset, but jumping right into program, like, immediately, which has been amazing to me.
1: Okay, go ahead. I, I, tell me what it is you're talking about.
0: Um, you have been uh, triggered by use of specific language in your job, um, and also with your little doggy, the loss of little Eddie Patetti. Eddie
1: Patetti. Uh, yeah, um,
0: okay. Now you've got me and... Saying, oh, and... The um, v- vacation property that you've worked so hard for, ha- you're not able to access it because of COVID for a while, too. So I think that as well.
1: Okay, what's the one about the language? Because so I don't even know what see so this is how well I must have been dealing with it. It's even, not even registering what you're talking about.
0: When you were training for your job and you heard the word bad several times and what it brought up for you. Like, that's bad. Oh. oh, no, this is bad. This is bad. That's bad.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, Well. since you just brought that one up, so um, it highlighted for me. So, yeah, I'm in a new job and a new position, and it's um, integral that I get things right because people's lives are on the line. And one day I made a mistake, and um, it, things happen so quickly. And my coach said, oh, this is bad, this is bad, this is very bad. And he just kept repeating that word. And every single time he said that word, um, I could feel my heart getting heavier and heavier. And all of a sudden, all these old feelings came up. And I was talking to Julie about it later on in the day, and and it reminded me that, you know, we, um, we really carry a lot of stuff from our childhood. And sometimes, even when I think that I've worked on it, as much as I can possibly work on it, and I'm okay with it, and I've gotten through it, and it doesn't affect me, it's amazing how you can be taken right back um, by a word. And that, that that day, it was the word "bad," and it, it just made me feel like, um, it opened the door for self-doubt. Um, it reminded me of the things that I've been told when I was younger, like, you're not good enough, you're not worthy. And it took me back to that place of always being, you know, seeking. Never feeling like I had enough and always feeling like I needed more, um, more justification, more validation, um, constantly seeking that approval of others. Um, And this is what would lead me years later into being like a sexual uh, extrovert um, because I was constantly seeking (laughs) something that would tell me that you loved me. And so for a time it was like, oh, if you have sex with me, then that must mean I'm loved. You know, it took me years to figure out that's not the same thing. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so in that moment, just taking me back to um, feeling bad and not good enough. And then, I guess, just using the program. And we were talking about the four agreements uh, that our friend Sharon is reading right now. And I remember reading that quite several years ago. And the reminder that um, to be impeccable with your word. And if I had have remembered that in that moment that day, I wouldn't have been so hard on myself, Um, but just because someone says that something is bad doesn't mean that I am bad, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm human, and I made a mistake, and luckily, I am working with someone who is very gentle and wonderful and kind, and in our debrief um, said, I'm sorry, that was wrong of me. I never should have used that terminology. Mm -hmm. You made a mistake. Um, that's on me. I'm your teacher. So it was incredible how we worked through this, and how I'm able to today instead of shutting down and not showing emotion and saying no, it's fine. No, there's not. I don't want to talk about it. There's nothing to talk about. Um, I was able to say, yeah, let's talk about it, and we take time to talk about this. And we took like fifteen, twenty minutes to debrief about it, and I was honest and said. Yeah, it really triggered some things in me. It took me back to childhood and not feeling good enough. And But I know that's not the case. I know that I am going to make mistakes and that's why you're here. That's why I'm tethered to a coach right mm-hmm. now because um, I'm not doing the job alone yet because I'm not capable and I'm not expected to be capable yet. Mm-hmm. But I, I do have a tendency to put that expectation on myself. One of my big... Character defects is expectation. I always um, have high expectations, probably more so for myself than I do for other people, but sometimes for other people too, expecting them to behave a certain way. And if they don't, then I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. But I do the same to myself as well. So, um, yeah, there was that day. Is that what you meant?
0: Yes. I especially love that you just coined a new phrase. <laughs> <laughs> You I invent a word? I you love in, inventing No, you invented a term. Sexually extroverted. That's <laughs> fucking pure gold. I'm not promiscuous. I'm just sexually extroverted.
1: Oh, I love it. I wasn't a slut. I was sexually <laughs> extroverted.
0: I love it so much. That's so good.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Um yeah, the most recent thing for me was the death of one of my dogs.
0: Who's my been on man. our podcast? His Who's little that? he's been on our podcast, his little clicky nails in the background.
1: Oh yeah. And he probably barked at something at one point too, so you won't hear that anymore. Little Eddie Manetti has gone to the great doggy land in the beyond. He's mm-hmm. with my beloved boxer Lily. And they're up there eating pizza in the park and having a good time. Um, but yeah, he, he got sick quite rapidly and I, um, had contacted the vet, you know, and you can't go in and see the vet right now. Everything's kind of shut down. Everything's running differently. So I had to send her an email and I said, you know, he's lost a lot of weight. I'm very concerned. He's eating well. He has the same appetite, if not a more voracious one. Um, but then he has, sorry guys, diarrhea, um, and he's losing weight. Like, he is so skinny, but yet he has a big belly. His belly is bloated. Um, and I'm very concerned for him. And when she wrote back and said, it sounds to me like he's starving mm. himself, like, or he's starving to death, or it was the word starving, and then maybe I added to death. In that moment, I was so filled with sadness because um, I I don't want my animals to ever suffer and I'm not the type of person who will keep them around longer, longer for myself Mm -hmm. because for me, like, um, yes, it's hard to be without them, but I am not going to put my needs above my dog's, um, enjoyment of life. And, uh, when she said that he was starving, The first thing I thought of was, I don't want him to suffer. How quickly can I see you? Can we figure this out? Mm -hmm. And then she talked about um, palliative care, um, which, you know, I know enough about dogs. Usually means let's keep them on a lot of drugs and you can get another couple months out of them probably. Mm -hmm. Um, So I said, well, let's talk about what those options are. And as soon as she saw him, she called me on the phone and I was looking at them. She was holding him in the window. I was standing outside the clinic. And uh, she told me what was going on. And Eddie had been diagnosed with cancer a few years ago, and I thought he'd kick that habit. Um, and he was such a tough guy. He ate—he eats cancer for breakfast. Uh, and he continued to do well for the next two years, but it had finally caught up with him. And plus, he had a heart issue. And she said it sounds like the right side of his heart isn't pumping blood, so things are backing up into his stomach. Mm. If it's the left side that fails, if it pumps fluid into their lungs, I don't know, I'm not up to that. So she said that's why he's bloated and distended, and essentially, yes, he's he's eating, but he's not getting any nutrients, so he is wasting away. And I'm like, and then I just started to cry, and I said, okay, let's, she goes, I can maybe give you a couple more days. And I said, for what? It's not going to be any easier, and then he suffers for five more days, but I've drugged him. Mm-hmm. That's not okay with me. I'm, let's we'll just do it now. Mm-hmm. So that was really fucking hard. Yeah. And uh, but you know you've been there before. You just do what you have to do. And I went and I held him and I let him have my egg McMuffin as his final <gasps> meal because I had an egg one of those egg McMuffin sandwiches in my hand and he was going crazy sniffing it. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Here you go. Have at it. The mm-hmm. so, tiny little guy and he ate that whole sandwich and that was his final his final meal and uh it's super hard but i did the right thing and and i guess it's it's knowing that um i i put the needs of my dog ahead of myself like mm-hmm. that's that's the most that was the most important thing and one day at a time like um i have some days where i've cried and i have some days where i can watch videos and get through them without crying and what i'm focusing on is what a great life we had together yeah uh, this was a dog that I rescued. When I rescued him, nobody wanted him. He was aggressive to dogs, people. Um, he urinated on everything. You'd walk by the bed where he was hiding because he would hide under the bed for the first couple of weeks that I owned him, and he'd try to bite me as <laughs> you walked by. You know. And then he was this really lovable guy in the end. And he was—I like, just—he gave me so much joy. So he came a long way, and I got a lot out of having him as a pet.
0: Well, I think you've done an amazing job of a whole shit. What does my friend in um, Tennessee say? She'll say shit fire. Um, But that's not what I meant. I was going to say a shit ton. You've had a, (laughs) a storm of some things happen to you in rapid succession in the last two weeks. Like never mind two months. So I think you've done beautifully with it. And I love you. And I think you're amazing. You're welcome. Yeah,
1: and even at the beginning of this new career change, we were in week one when COVID hit, Mm -hmm. and they changed us us from, like, the desk structure. First, we were sitting five people to a desk, and then they moved it to three people to a desk, and then they separated. them. the next day, the desks were farther apart, and then the day after that, we were sitting at individual desks. And the day after that, they opened us up into a a, a one-room classroom into a two-room classroom where they opened up the divider in the middle. And by the end of the week, we were in a fucking gymnasium, (laughs) (laughs) sitting like 12 feet apart from each other. Um, And we were wondering if our training was going to continue, and if it wasn't, were we still going to have a job?
0: Yeah.
1: Because you have to pass training, and you have to pass a probationary period. And if they said, sorry, we can't continue, they weren't able to tell us if that meant we had a job. Did I have to use program then? Every fucking minute.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Because I went from having a full time job to now having a part time job that wouldn't be secure and full time until after nine months of training and probation, or or longer than that, two thousand and eighty eight hours of work <laughs> time. Wow. So, so yeah, I was like, wasn't even sure if I was still going to have a job um, at the beginning of COVID. Yeah, So I just kept home, and I kept coming home, and at the end of every day and at the beginning of every day, I would remind myself that, you know, that um, saying, uh, if God is for me, who can be against me, mm-hmm. um, you probably have the right, there's a, it's a Bible line, isn't it?
0: That is correct.
1: Yes. What is it?
0: Um, if God be for us, who we, I don't know. <laughs> It's a Joel Osteen song, that, and I was shocked when I discovered that, or not a Joel Osteen song, but whatever. I would hear it when, Joel, when I used to like Joel Osteen. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Uh, anyways, that's the first time I heard it. I think it was on his shows, and it's also a worship song, but I don't know where it is in the Bible. I would guess it's in a psalm. I'll figure huh. it out. You know
1: what?
0: I just found it. You did not. It's in the
1: promise. Yeah, that my friend Karen gave me. Um, It has a book of quotations. It's from Romans 8, colon 15, comma 31. You're amazing. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Mm -hmm. what then shall we say to these things if God is for us who can be against us?
0: I love that Romans eight thirty one or Romans the book of Romans chapter eight verses fifteen to thirty one. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's beautiful.
1: That's cool how we found that together.
0: I know.
1: Um, and again, that's the that right there is the epitome of this program of spiritual action. When I came into the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, I would not have dreamed that a Julie and I would have ever been friends um, because I would have looked at her in a judgmental way and called her a Jesus freak and been done with her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Plus you're way out of my league.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you yes you are way out of my league Julie. Um, and I would have I wouldn't have been able to make use of what she had to offer as a person of religion. I would have shut it down. Without listening, I wouldn't have had an open mind, but it's through the grace of this program that I've been on this journey where things soften, things have changed within me. I've taken certain actions to change old habits, old ideas, and old ways of thinking, and now I can say I'm using a phrase from the Bible, and I'm not uh, a Christian, I'm not a religious person, Mm -hmm. but that phrase from the Bible has helped me and lifted me, and saved me more times than I can count in the last year and a half.
0: I love that. That,
1: that one phrase. Yep. And and if I had have remained obstinate or stuck in my ways, I wouldn't have been open to that phrase, that line. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have been like, I'm not using that phrase, it comes from the Bible. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. But I use it all the time. And now, I've even taken the liberty to short it. And just say, God is for me. Mm.
0: Period.
1: That's so Good. Yeah. And so when I when that fear started to creep in and that doubt started to creep in and my old ways of thinking is always a way of worry and fear and uh, if it wasn't for wasn't for bad luck I'd have no luck at all. <laughs> when those old thoughts creep in and then the next thought is, God is for you, Lisa. Period
0: yeah let it go it's a truth still here Mm Mhm. that is still
1: here yeah
0: you were here and you were thriving
1: i am thriving you are thriving and the um the we bought a um a summer place up north it's a trailer park um they call it a resort property now they fancified things (laughs) and they're not um like trailers that you hook up to the back of your car and pull along. It's like a mobile home. Mm -hmm. Um, So I call them prefab homes. They're like little trailers, little boxes. Um, And uh, we were able to, because I got this new job, afford to buy a used one. And it's uh, on a seasonal property. So what that means is we own the, the unit, but we don't own the property it sits on. So that's still governed by someone else. Well, the property owners are governed by the province, and the province shut that access to those places down, because there's more people who would be congregating together. It's not like a, a cottage property owner, where they own their own property, so they can go and they can isolate in their own cottage and not socialize with their neighbors, right? Like in a in these trailer resort properties, there's lots of people around, mm-hmm. so they They shut it down, and they said, no, you can't go. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) I can finally afford my fucking dream of owning a summer vacation property, and I have paid for it and bought it, and now I can't use it. Mm -hmm. You've got to be shitting me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But anyway, they did just um, open up that uh, as of um, Saturday, we will be able to go up. But my, of course, my resort isn't ready because they haven't had anybody up there working, so they're a little bit behind. But another week from now, and we will be up, able to go up. It'll be up and running, and we'll be able to stay over. And again, the program in action. Uh, my first default setting is to go. This fucking sucks. I want to go now. My child, my four-year-old inner child, pitches a fit. But the good news is, because of the program, that fit only lasts a few seconds. And then I go, wait a second. I've been employed this whole time because I'm an essential worker. Mm -hmm. I've gotten a paycheck. Yeah. I I, I didn't lose anything. I didn't lose a home. There are people that are losing their jobs. They've been on unemployment. They're probably going to lose their homes. And I have been very fortunate, which is another reason why at work we're doing a fundraiser for the Daily Food Bank. As first responders, Mm -hmm. we're raising money for the Daily Food Bank, which is a Toronto food bank. Um, so if anyone wants to donate money to that, let me know and I will
0: send you the email link privately. That's awesome. I have volunteered at the Toronto Food Bank and I was very impressed. So those are my stories. Now it's your turn. Well, this is the longest podcast we've ever done at 32 minutes. So I'm going to save my stories for when I'm a guest on your podcast. All right. It was so nice to catch up with you. I mean, we catch up with each other every day, but it was really nice to do this in this forum again.
1: I'm sorry I jabbered on for your entire podcast.
0: That was the whole point. You did exactly what you were supposed to do.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure being on your shot glass of recovery. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. having you as a guest on my shot glass of recovery and finally getting together to record more of two sober tricks, because i think january no june 7th will be our last recorded pre-recorded event so we better get on it
0: uh, that is true we'll, we and just like everyone else we'll take it a day at a time we could be sitting across from each other then or not or doing it this way yeah. Now, mind oh. you, if you do it, you actually have the sound bed for the Two Sober Chicks intro, whereas right. I do not.
1: We'll figure that out. i got to get that to you somehow. Right. And so the one final thing I would like to leave people with mm-hmm. is one of the things that has helped me get through some of these difficult times is focusing on the things that I should be grateful for rather than the things that I am lacking. Agreed. Um, you know, and all of a sudden, if you start counting the things that you are grateful for, it's amazing how they grow day by day. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I've noticed when I'm in AA Zoom meetings, especially in the first month, where people were really freaked out by this. And, and they were focusing a lot on the negative and the lack. And um, and I just kept thinking, you know what is so amazing is that the last time a major plague came around, there wasn't anything like Zoom to keep us connected. Mm-hmm. And we have this amazing technology where we get to connect with up to 100 people in a virtual room. And it's not the same as being physically present, and I, I get that. But it's something, and we're not living in complete and utter isolation where we have to put pen to paper and mail a letter and then maybe get a response in three weeks or a month. Like we're actually connecting and hearing each other's voices and seeing each other's faces. I just Skyped my parents this morning, and it was so nice to see them laughing and and touching each other and being silly. You know, 60 years of men, and they're still having a good time. Um, So let's be mindful of that. Focus on the things that you can be grateful for. It'll it'll help save you.
0: Yeah, we don't have to pay the village idiot anymore to run from town to town <laughs> to, to spread the news.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so well, thank dumb.
1: thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. I love you. I love you, too.
1: Miss you.
0: I miss you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay.
1: I'll see you in five minutes.
0: Bye. I'll see you in five minutes. Bye. So, I love her, obviously. This morning when I was on, we Marco Polo a lot. And if you don't have Marco Polo, it's the coolest thing ever. You get to send video messages back and forth to each other. I poloed Lisa and I was overcome by love and affection for her. So I cradled my phone like a baby and I sang, I just called to say I love you. It was a very cute moment. (sighs) love is the best fulfiller ever I hope you felt that today in our longest podcast ever and I will thank you for listening for hanging in there and I'll talk to you soon